The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California, where Mr. Rudolph Johnson III is the President and CEO, and Judith Winker is our Board Chair. Our mission is developing children, families, and future leaders of our community through empowerment, education, and wellness. It is our hope that this episode and every episode of Leadership Matters offers value-added and thought-provoking ideals for advancing emerging and current leaders in our communities. I am excited about today's show. We have two fabulous guests, and we really just want to hear from you and respond to you today on Leadership Challenges. So our format for today is... You're calling in or emailing in your questions and thoughts and concerns on Leadership Matters and our two fabulous guests that I'm going to introduce in just a moment will uh, support and lead the way in responding to all of those uh, questions and comments that you um, provide. Our uh, first guest that I'd like to introduce to you is Mr. Harold Tug, who's a senior fellow at the Center for Digital Government and is also retired from the County of San Diego the uh, Chief Information Officer. Harold, we welcome you to the show. Thank you, Cheryl, and good evening to those of you who are listening, and thank you for tuning in. Um, just to give you a little bit more information about my background, I've spent uh, nearly 30 years in the public sector, um, most recently working for the County of San Diego, California, in a variety of positions, um, and I came through the ranks, and I had a variety of um leadership and senior executive positions. My last one was the chief information officer, and my team and I was in charge of the technology outsourcing contract that was worth over $700 million um, over a six-year period. So it was quite a bit of taxpayer dollars that we were stewards of, as well as making sure that the nearly 17,000 county employees were able to do their jobs using technology appropriately. Um, Cheryl mentioned that I'm a senior fellow for Digital Government, which is a media firm that tracks the use of technology in the public sector. And I've been doing that since I retired in 2012, as well as serve on some not-for-profit boards of directors and some other um, opportunities I have in the consulting world. So that's a little bit about my background, and Dr. White, thank you again for inviting me. And thank you so much for saying yes and joining us today. Also, as I guessed, we have Dr. Jeffrey Carr, who's the Chief Diversity Officer and Associate Vice President at Point Loma Nazarene University. Dr. Carr, welcome to um, you also to the show, and we'd love to hear a little bit about yourself as well. 
Well, good afternoon, uh, Dr. White, also Mr. Tuck. So happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of this very important conversation today on Leadership Matters. I am glad to introduce myself. I'm sure you'll hear more about uh, my background as we go through the program because I have been around for a long time, and I'll just give you some, some highlights. I am currently here at Point Loma in higher education. I've worked in higher education for over 30 years. Um, I currently look at education as being my passion. It's what I was put on this earth to do. And specifically, I love teaching. I love having the opportunity for our students to develop and become the leaders that they are meant to be. Uh, my background includes working at Loyola Marymount University, University of San Francisco, uh, here uh, locally, and uh, also at uh, uh, Point Loma. I'm originally from the state of Mississippi. I was born and raised in Mississippi where I was educated and received my bachelor's degree. My uh, master's was at uh, Loyola Marymount University and my doctorate at the University of San Francisco. And uh, I focus a lot of what I do today on just mentoring and giving our uh, young people an opportunity uh, to grow into the leadership positions that they are going to eventually uh, take in the, in the days and weeks and years to come. Wonderful. Again, welcome so much, and we appreciate your joining us. Another member of our, um, of our, I say, cast today with regards to helping to produce today's show is our fabulous moderator, who is a board-certified coach and just a fabulous colleague here with me at the Neighborhood House Association. So, Gia, I want to welcome you, and thank you so much for agreeing to be our moderator and looking out for the uh, questions that our listening audience will be sending in either via email or phone. Uh, so, again, Gia, welcome. I want to hear your voice, too. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. want to um, say to each of you to just join the conversation by sending us your input to Leadership Matters questions at org. Again, that le- that's Leadership Matters questions, no spaces, at Innovisions, I-N-N-O-V-I-S-I-O-N-S, Dot org, or you can call in at 1-800. I'm going to go back because it's actually not 1-800. It's 1-866-472-5790. 1-866-472-5790. Fabulous. So, Gia, do you have any questions from our listening audience? Yes, we do. The first question is from Tyler, and he is from Los Angeles, California. He says, how do you make yourself stand out from the crowd when applying for a leadership position? Tyler, thank you for your uh, question. And um, Harold or uh, Dr. Carr, either of you like to jump in on that? Well, this is uh, Harold Tuck. I'll give it uh, a first crack. And that's a very interesting question and one that I get from mentees that I've uh, mentored over the years. And, uh, and my response to them makes you have to think about it to understand it. But you, you have to make yourself the person to be. You may not even know who your competition is, but you have to have a presence and a confidence, and you have to show that you're a principled individual through your interviews, and on the resume that um, you have character, you're bright, 
and that you would learn the vision and you can carry out a project from start to finish. And you have to be convincible when you, when you talk about your traits and your skills and your attributes. People look for principal individuals who have character. Awesome. And, and those individuals stand out above the crowd. Awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you. And anything you'd like to add, Dr. Carr? Of course. I would like to uh, chime in on that. I love what, uh, what Mr. Tuck said because you do need to be a principal individual that people can pick that up immediately on the time that they meet you. But what he is really talking about also is the preparation. You need to prepare yourself to have a myriad of, of skills, uh, of talents that people will actually come to you and, uh, because you have already uh, stood out because you've already have positioned yourself to be the kind of person that someone wants on their team. That only comes through preparation, it comes through hard work, uh, and it comes through the idea that you are a person of, of immense uh, potential and you want to share that with other people. Many times um, when you're involved in uh, meeting other people, it's not because you have wanted to be uh, become known to them because they have seen you from a distance. And they have said, that's the type of person that I would like to find more about to be on my team. So if you're, pre- if you're prepared and you're always ready for the opportunities that will come and, uh, and knock on your door because you are doing the things already, people see you. They know what you're doing. They know what it is that you bring to the table, and they will come to you. So you've already stood out before you even know where that opportunity is coming from. So always uh, be at the top of your game. Uh, always be productive. Always know that uh, folks are looking for the best and the brightest. And it doesn't usually come through the standard process of post to position, someone applies, now let's see who stands out. So just keep being the best person you can be, and folks will come to you. They'll, they will uh, be the path to your door. All right. Well, great. Thank you both for that response to Tyler. You know, I always um, have these quotes floating around in my brain, and one comes to mind um, from Oprah that I think was actually in Stepman's book on the um, uh, nine-step process with regards mm-hmm. to, uh, I'm actually looking at his identity, Passport to Freedom, and it was, success is when preparation meets opportunity. So I think that yeah. probably speaks to it, uh, underscores a little bit of what Dr. Carr said, but also goes back to part of that preparation is also about our character and and how we show up day to day, not to mention on on game day. So yes. uh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Very well. Very well said. Yes. yes. Um, anything else for Tyler? Uh, Great. Not so for me. N- not uh-huh. for me. Wonderful. I- the, Gia, uh, did I hear a voice there? Okay, so we will go to question number two. Did you have another question for us? Yes. Uh, Laura from Phoenix, Arizona says, how do you approach your supervisor with a challenge you are having with an assignment? Oh, good, good. I'll, I'll okay. take the first stab at this one. And okay. uh, just tell you that uh, in my uh, current position, I have a number of people through several levels who report to me. I have uh, directors, executive directors, and then, of course, they have their staff. And uh, it's an everyday occurrence that 
things will crop up and there will be issues in a complex organization, but while you will see that there are uh, some things that you have to respond to. I actually respond by making sure that um, the, uh, the folks who work with me feel very comfortable that they're going to um, uh, come to someone that's going to be empathetic, uh, someone that's knowledgeable, someone that's going to um, understand that they're not, just com- they're not complaining, but they're seeking to improve the organization with whatever concerns that they have. And uh, it's just doing that groundwork up front uh, so that folks know that there is an open door and they can uh, freely share whatever their concerns are. And then uh, I want to empower them to bring their best uh, solutions to the table before I even uh, respond. What do you think would be uh, a good, one of the good ways that you can proceed on uh, responding to that, that, that challenge? And give them opportunity to talk it out. Uh, I don't ever want to, uh, and I, I don't think leaders should ever take the position that they are the one and only source of the best and brightest answer. Uh, we may be uh, in a situation where we have uh, policies and guidelines that guide us in our organization, uh, but that should never be anything to snuff out the uh, creativity and the input of everyone that's involved. And after we have a chance to hear from uh, the person what they think may be a, a good solution to that issue, uh, then to work cooperatively with them and share whatever insights I may have about their suggestion or the history I have, and then work through it co- uh, collaboratively. Um, I'm not one to issue a lot of edicts uh, that it will be done uh, a particular way, and uh, uh, I find that when folks have a buy-in, that they're more likely uh, at every level to want to follow through and to to genuinely uh, change and improve a situation. So, okay. uh, yeah. Yeah, so actually, I'm not going to um, completely cut you off there. I just hear that we need to take a commercial break. So I'm going to just put a comma there. And then, Dr. Carr, if there's more you'd like to say to Laura, we'll look forward to hearing it after our commercial break. And, Harold, if there's anything you'd like to add, uh, please feel free to do so. Others, please go on and send in those questions, and we'll look forward to responding. That's Leadership Matters questions at innovisions.org. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. If you're interested in gaining strategies to be more successful both at work and your personal life, check out Turn the Page with host Hemda Mizrahi. It's all about building new habits and perspectives. The show helps you identify the changes you need to make that align with your values and priorities. 
And then, apply these principles to your career, health, social life, and other areas. These are proven techniques that work. Turn the Page airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. With us today, we have Mr. Harold Tuck, Senior Fellow and Retired, I should say Senior Fellow at the Center for Digital Government and Retired County of San Diego Chief Information Officer, and Dr. Jeffrey Carr, Chief Direct uh, Diversity Officer and Associate Vice President at Point Loma Nazarene University. Thank you both for joining us to respond to questions from our listening audience. I know before we went to break, Dr. Carr, you were kind of finishing up your thoughts to Laura. And Laura, thank you so much for sending in your question. Any additional thoughts you want to add to your um, comments to Laura, Dr. Carr? Oh, just briefly, and that was to say to Laura to, to keep heart and that the first part of what I had mentioned was the level of trust between uh, the individual and the leader, that that is very important. And this could be a great opportunity to start building that level of trust as uh, both you and the leader were able to offer uh, their best thoughts and best creative solutions to whatever those issues are. So I uh, hope that you will be able to continue to uh, work in a cooperative uh, manner and establish some good levels of trust. Okay, great. Thank you, Dr. Mm-hmm. Carr. Uh, Mr. Tuck, anything you'd like to add? Uh, just a couple of things. Um, I, I loved everything Dr. Carr said. His last uh, comment regarding level of trust, let me just add, an appendix to that and simply say is also the speed to trust. As soon as you can get your supervisor trusting you, the quicker that can happen, the quicker you can start building on the levels of trust that you need to have. When there is challenges in a project, I think if you, if you follow what I'm getting ready to say, you will be motivated to go into your boss's office and say, we need to talk about something that is not going on time. It appears it may be over budget. I have some issues with some resources. Just be straight up. And that is the the no surprise rule. If your boss is surprised by something and you didn't tell he or she, that's a bad thing on you. So you have to have the judgment to say, this is something I need to tell the boss about so before they hear it from somewhere else. So I just wanted to add that piece, too. Mm-hmm. Great. Love that both. You know, I'm going to just add as I'm um, feeling for Laura a uh, situation, and, but want to encourage you to um, get the confidence and the courage to bring that, that um, concern up sooner than later. So you want, to, you want to bring up those challenges early. You want to be respectful. You want to bring those 
options that um, Dr. Carr talked about uh, to the table for consideration and always keep in mind what uh, Mr. Tuck said there. You know, it's better to have that conversation so that the trust is there because you didn't surprise your boss with an issue. So um, most of the time, bosses don't like bad surprises. <laughs> so uh, thank you both uh, for your responses to Laura, and thank you so much for your question. Adia, do you have another question from our listening audience? Yes, we have a question from James, and he's from San Jose, California. He says, how do I ask for more support without looking like I cannot complete the task or feeling incompetent? Mm, Thank you, James from San Jose. Um, Mr. Tuck or Dr. Carr, either of you want to start us off? Well, I'll I'll start it off. Okay. He's asking for how do you ask for more resources without coming across as incompetent. I think you get rid of that notion right away. You have to have command of the project. You need to know where you are in the point in time and why are the resources allocated to you not enough. And you need to offer alternatives to lack of resources, which may mean this project is a six-month project if the resources don't increase in whatever area you need them, boss, I think this this project will go nine months, eight months. It's going to run the timetable. If is it within your control, you will stand out by making the changes yourself and briefing your boss as to the changes you made in order to keep the project on track. If it's not within your control and you have no influence, then you're asking your boss, your boss for advice as to how do you get positive responses from your stakeholders who are not giving you the information or the resources that you need. And then your boss will look at it as, I, I'm in, I will help you in that area. I will talk to the director of this area, the supervisor of that area, and get the resources that you need. So you really need to come across like you have command of the project, why the resources aren't there, why you need more, and whether or not you can influence it, you can control it, or some other person has all those controls. So that's how I would respond to his question. Excellent. I appreciate that. Thank you. Sounds like you've um, given James some really good food for thought. You want to go to the next question? Or, Dr. Carr, did you have something you wanted to add? Well, I could add to that, add infinitum. I really appreciate uh, I am learning quite a bit from uh, Mr. Tuck today. It's fantastic in uh, the way that he can look at his uh, situation and break it down. Uh, I'd just like to say that in my experience that uh, there's another part of this. Um, you can't assume that your leader doesn't already know that you are already facing a challenge. And it may be out of respect to you that uh, that leader just is waiting for you to come forward. So, you know, start with what Mr. Tuck said first. Have confidence in what you're doing. And if you're doing everything you need to do, it's just an idea of you stepping out and uh, getting the additional resources you need in an appropriate manner. So, yeah, James, I want to tell you that um, uh, your 
uh, leadership probably has a good idea how things are going, and uh, if he doesn't, I'm sure he or she would really appreciate getting an update and knowing that things aren't going the way that uh, were anticipated. And that, that, that level of communication is not about your uh, abilities, your competencies, as much as your ability to communicate what the problems really are and what the needs are. Because what everyone wants, uh, yourself included, is to have a successful outcome. And that successful outcome should be a primary um, uh, a consideration for everyone, not to pin uh, an employee against the wall, uh, but to make sure that everyone has the best possible outcome, and that can come through communica- communicating. So don't feel as if uh, you should be timid. Uh, your uh, co- uh, courage uh, uh, hopefully uh, would be appreciated. I know that I would appreciate uh, the courage to come and say, you know, things aren't going exactly as I thought they should. I have some ideas of how we could uh, right the ship, uh, but I want to make sure you knew about it and I wanted to get your feedback on other things we can do to make sure we stay on course. So communication is very, very, very important. Don't be afraid to speak up. Excellent. Thank you both. Uh, Gia, uh, thank you, James, again for your question. Gia, another question from the listening audience. Yes, we have a question from Marissa. She's from Tampa, Florida, and says, how do you motivate someone to improve when they are comfortable and do not want to change? Mm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, either if you'd like to start us off on a question for, you said Marissa? I actually That's like correct. that question, but I'll follow my colleague, um, Dr. <laughs> I, was, I wanted to hear you first. Okay. <laughs> Don't want to go. <laughs> well, we won't. We won't arm wrestle. But um, can you repeat the question? I certainly can. It says, how do you motivate someone to improve when they are comfortable and don't want to change? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you know, that, believe it or not, that's actually a very common occurrence. And I believe mistakes that leaders make is, is thinking that the person they have doing job A is capable of doing A, B, and C, and D. If you hire them to do a particular task and they're doing it well and you, want, and you think that they sh- should do more and do different because you would like to promote them if they do, have a big okay with the fact that they say, thank you, boss, but I, I love this front desk. I love interacting with the clients. I love being the first point of contact. I love representing the company. I actually have no desire to do anything but what I'm doing, and I believe I do it well. You have to understand that that's, that's an okay position. If you hire that person to, job, to do job B, you train them in job A, you're ready for them to step up, and they're not willing to step up, then you have a performance issue. And you need to let them know that they were initially hired to perform a task, they followed their training, probation, or whatever you may call it on your job, and it's time to take it to the next level. That's what they're there for, and that's what the job description says. And you as the supervisor leader should say, let's talk about why you're unwilling to take it to the next level. How can I provide more resources? How can I help you in other areas so that we can move forward? Because I know you would do well. And let that person 
terminate themselves. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Mr. Tuck. Uh, Dr. Carr, anything you'd like to add? No, not really. I just want to uh, agree with him. It is much more common than you think in terms of people who uh, hit a uh, hit a wall and just don't want to do anything more that they're doing. And uh, it, it is a, a very commonplace issue in the workplace. And uh, you're going to see that. And uh, I, I know that when people work in jobs from a historical standpoint, they say, I was hired to do this, and this is all I'm going to do, and they feel like can, they can do that uh, for 20, 30 years. And, and, and that may be part of our culture, but today's culture does not allow that. Today's culture is fast-moving, it's changing. Um, uh, you know, 30 years ago, if you had a job, and your job was to, to drive the rivets in one part of an auto manufacturing assembly line, uh, that's all you had to do all day for five days a week uh, throughout your career, uh, then that was fine to do that. But in today's marketplace, you have to be ready to, uh, to, to change on a dime. You have to adapt to new situations. And uh, it, it doesn't benefit a person to not want to increase their, their, skill, their skills and their talents and okay. their abilities. And we need to make sure they know that and help mm-hmm. them realize that. Right. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you uh, for your responses. I think that was Marissa. Thank you so much for uh, the question. I want to just add real fast, um, share the vision, provide the support, build the confidence if it's a motivation issue. Just another food for thought. We're going to take a short break and be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune into Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network
You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. Delighted to have Mr. Harold Tuck and Mr. Jeffrey Carr with us today, responding to your questions being read by Gia Ransom. Thank you also, Gia, for joining us. Gia, do you have any more questions for us? I do, yes. Hmm. Cynthia from Dallas, Texas, says, How, as a leader, do you create a positive outcome when you have difficult staff? Mm, Harold, would you like to take that question and lead us off with responses to Cynthia? Yes, I would love to respond to Cynthia's question because it's one that I personally have experienced over the years. And, um, and, you, and, you, want, and you need to be real careful whenever staff is characterized as difficult because that's plural. You know, how do they rally together to be quote-unquote difficult? Is it because they don't feel they have ownership in the outcome? And so a leader needs to interface with their team. The leader needs to tell the team, I, pro- I will provide the resources, and then I will step aside and get out of the way so you can do your job. But let me understand how you, what you think your job is and how you will go about doing it. What issues do you have with me and my office? Do you have the resources you need? If you don't have the resources you need, what resources are you missing? Have a conversation. Don't be on a pedestal as a leader and look down at folks like the pharaoh of ancient Egypt and direct (laughs) people where to put the blocks for the pyramids. Mm. Be participatory and be sincere and genuine that you want their input. Everybody understands at the end of the day, the boss can say yes and no and veto anything he or she feels is not in concert with where the company needs to go. They have that political perspective. Staff Mm -hmm. has the perspective of efficiency and economy. Let them tell you how the job ought to be done. And listen. Awesome. Very good. Thank you, Mr. Tuck. And Cynthia, uh, thank you so much for that question. Uh, Dr. Carr, anything you'd like to add? No, that's great. I appreciate hearing that. Good stuff. Great. Thank you. Gia, another question. Yes. uh, Michael from San Diego, California says, how do you stay true to your values, ethics, and morals when leadership lacks knowledge and integrity? All right. Thank you, Michael. Dr. Carr, would you like to start us off? Hi, Michael. Uh, if you're listening to this right this moment, I want you to know that uh, we're all in your corner because it's not an unusual situation. Uh, that sometimes it's a disconnect between what you think or the values of the organization and some of the things that uh, are brought to the surface. I, I, when I hear that question about a disconnect between what the leadership seems to be representing what others in the company who are not leaders are perceiving. Uh, I, I'd like to depend on the writings of a theorist by the name of Ken Blanchard. 
Kim Blanchard uh, has written over 70, maybe 170 books. I've read a couple of those. One of those books is called Leading at a High Level, and I do um, recommend that. It's based on his idea of uh, self-leadership, situational self-leadership, and that is regardless of what is happening at other levels, you have a responsibility to yourself to have that integrity to lead and to perform in a way that is congruous with what you believe are the values for both yourself and the job that you're performing. Um, some of those operating values are to always have you know, good ethical behavior, uh, have good relationships with others, look out for the success of others, and always learning. So if you just think about uh, you and your opportunity to uh, exhibit and portray and model those same kinds of values you think are, 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 are uh, missing that are in a void, uh, then it's a great opportunity for you to, to, to not be a victim but to manage up and to provide leadership in an upward spiral. Um, sometimes it, uh, it, it may not get to the levels or the success you think it may, but you'll be able in your own um, situation to be comfortable with the job you're doing, knowing that you did everything that you could do uh, to be a success and to have the kind of standards that you need, whether they're work or ethical or uh, other uh, items to consider, that you've done all that you can do. Um, I wish I was able to uh, have my bosses line up with my values and say, hey, you just do what I want to do, but quite often they don't. But at the end of the day, I know that I have performed in a way that exhibits the kinds of things I believe is going to be successful for everyone involved. So I just continue to, to, to recognize what those challenges are, but in uh, your position, whether you uh, uh, are a leader or not, to always exemplify and exhibit those things that you think are important. All right. Thank and best you of so luck much. to you, Michael. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for um, your response, Dr. Carr. Michael, thank you for your question. And uh, Mr. Tuck, anything you'd like to add? No, not at all. I mean, I was absorbing everything I was listening to, and I hope Michael did as well. Good luck, Michael. Okay, great. Thank you. Gia, another question? Yes, this question is from David, and he is from Macon, Georgia. He says, how do you streamline processes and manage up without overstepping the lines of leadership? Mm, wonderful. Harold, would you like to uh, start us off with the response? Uh, and did you say that was Jacob? That's David. David, I'm not sure where Jacob came from. <laughs> from Macon, Georgia. <laughs> no, I'm in well, my mind. Dr. How White, I, they, how they, yeah, they how I made David Jacob. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. David, thank you so much for that question. Harold, uh, thanks for getting us started. Oh, yes. Well, David, great question. And let me give you a word. Volunteer. Yes. When you volunteer, Agreed. you are not overstepping your boundaries. Yes. You, you say, hey, I would like to lead an effort to streamline how we process tax forms, tax payments, whatever you do whatever widgets you were involved with. I don't have the best idea, but I think I have a process that I know about that if you let me do it, boss, I can lead the team, and I believe collectively we will do better. Second word, synergy. The sum of the parts is greater than the whole. You and everyone else involved in 
that continuous improvement and re-engineering process will create synergy. Third word, economy of scale. Leverage resources somewhere else to your benefit. Let that be known that it's a team effort. Don't say me. Don't say I. People know you volunteered, you, you stood up, you stand out, and you will get the next promotion. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, Harold, wonderful uh, response. I think that that's a great one, not only for... Um, for David, but it kind of takes me back to Taylor when we started off. How do you stand out, huh? Maybe volunteer, synergy, and economy of scale. <laughs> uh, Dr. Carr, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, I don't know of a single leader uh, that is not impressed when some, someone offers themselves and volunteers to take on responsibility. Uh, nothing's going to change until you make it happen. So make it happen, David. Okay. Thank you so much, David, and thank you both for your responses. Gia, another question? Yes, this question is from Donna, and she is from Las Vegas, Nevada. She says, what is the best way to begin a brand-new leadership position? And she says that she manages former um, coworkers now. So, All right. Uh, Dr. Carr, how about you starting us off with that? Oh, sure, absolutely. I, I think the uh, best way to start is to not take yourself seriously. Uh, sometimes we get in a situation, well, now I'm the leader, I'm in charge, and things are going to happen my way, and I'm going to come in and make sure people know that I know what I'm doing. No, let's not uh, take ourselves so seriously. Um, I always uh, walk into a situation when I'm taking on a new uh, organization, and that's a, a period of just observation. And even though you may be familiar with the culture, familiar with the environment, if you're in a new position, you need to observe uh, what are the brokers uh, and, and to some extent who are the power brokers in an organization. Uh, I always tell people, you know, to have a good plan. You need to have, you know, what are you going to do the first 30 days, the first 60, the first year. Uh, but all that should be uh, staggered over a point of time that you're always observing what others are doing. So first step is to, uh, of course, not take yourself seriously uh, to say, I need to learn from others, and I'm going to observe and make sure that I have a team before I uh, begin my leadership. And you can do that by uh, observing what others are, and then when you bring something forward that you want to see implemented, whether it's a change or an improvement of some sort, you'll have uh, the buy-in that's necessary for you to be a success and for others to be a success. So I, I hope that as you, it will be congratulations if you take on that new uh, situation, but at the same time realize that you are a leader and uh, everyone else matters as well. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Carr, and thank you, Donna, for your question. And, uh, Mr. Tuck, anything you'd like to add? Yes, a couple of things. And I, uh, no, nothing in rebuttal, because I totally agree with what Dr. Jeffrey Carr said. Um, but let me offer this as a strong consideration. In your first 100 days, don't change anything. Exactly. Be known, move around, wander around. Don't stay in your office. Be an active listener. Make sure, though, even before that, you clearly understand how you're going to, your performance is going to be measured 
so that you are in concert with it. Sometimes people get so starry-eyed that they got this promotion, they finally got in the leadership role, and don't even really understand what is expected of them. Have a clear understanding of that. That's what I would add to what Dr. Carr said. Awesome. Thank you so much, yeah. Cheryl. Fabulous. Let me just uh, uh, to you know go what? back I, I, again. You've got to take a commercial break real quick. Okay. So I tell you what. I know it goes really fast, thing I doesn't to it? Go ahead. So I think we're just going to put a comma there, though, Dr. Carr. We're going to come back and okay. hear your thoughts, your final thoughts for yeah. Donna, and then we'll see what else is out there from our listening audience. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services call 858-244-8264 that's 858-244-8264 or send an email to dr white her email address is dr white at innovisions.org innovisions is a social enterprise of the neighborhood house association of san diego california funds raised go to support the neighborhood house association's mission developing children families and future leaders of our communities through empowerment education and wellness What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need, exactly when you need it, so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Before we went to break, Dr. Carr, you had some additional thoughts you wanted to share with Donna, so I'm going to create some space for you to do so now. Yes, Donna from Las Vegas, after I had made comments about just observing, and Mr. Tuck followed up with uh, that great piece of uh, advice, uh, at least for the first 100 days, uh, don't change anything. Uh, Just uh, leave the uh, systems in place. It, It started me to thinking about your the real core of your question, that is accepting leadership uh, in a role that you had not been in before. And I think sometimes we miss it's not just about the things you do, 
Uh, it's about who you represent in that leadership. And I just want to go back to my dear friend, uh, Ken Blanchard. Um, and uh, it's really on my mind because I'm actually a, a professor here, and I actually have a class I'm teaching tonight. And we're going to be covering this in this class uh, called Group and Organizational Behavior. And uh, part of what you understand about leadership is what leadership is is the capacity to influence others by unleashing their power and potential to impact the greater good. So I would say to Donna also, while you are not trying to change something the first hundred days, as Mr. Tucker said, or you're observing the things that are going on around you to get a lay of the land, remember during this time that your real uh, um, skill and your real talent is the, the ability to influence others by unleashing their power and their potential to impact the greater good. So just keep that in mind as you are taking on that new role. Congratulations to you. If that indeed has happened to you, that you have that opportunity to become a leader among a group that you've uh, been working with, but uh, I hope that we will continue to influence them so that they can see themselves um, in, a, in a different position and at least in what they have to offer to the organization. So uh, just wanted to just, uh, just cap that conversation off. Uh, your ability to to really influence others. Awesome. Thank you, uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. Carr. And again, thank you, Donna. Before we move Mm -hmm. to our next question, I want to pause here and give each of you, uh, Mr. Tuck and Dr. Carr, an opportunity just to share a leadership tip. If there's a leadership tip top of mind for you that you'd like to share with our listening audience. And uh, Mr. Tuck, why don't we start with you? Thank you, Dr. White. Uh, I'll I'll be brief, believe it or not. And uh, Mm -hmm. one is a challenge and one is a tip. The challenge is, as Dr. Carr alluded to in a previous question, this is a changing world. We live in sound bites and 140 characters or less. We also live in a world where people are working longer for a variety of reasons and living longer. We are now in a workplace where you are going to have to manage multi-generations. Each generation has a different expectation of work, My generation worked for 30 years and retired, 30, 40 years. My children's generation hop every three to five years to different jobs. You need to be able to understand that, learn that, and keep the quest of learning continuously. And my tip is, if you don't have a mentor, get you one before this program is over. (laughs) All right. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I I absolutely love both of those with regards to kind of – Staying on that quest for learning yeah. and, and also finding that mentor. Thank you so much, Mr. Tuck. And a tip, um, Dr. Carr, from yourself. Well, I uh, like to, to lead ahead, lead in the future. There's a term we use in business called uh, jumping the curve. And no matter where you are, when you're hired in somewhere, you're going to have a trajectory where you're going to be uh, going to the peak of who you are. And whenever you get to the peak, you have to understand that you eventually have to come down on the other side of that peak. And uh, my tip is, uh, to folks is to always be ready to jump the curve. What is the next thing that you can do to distinguish your leadership, uh, distinguish your productivity, so that you can be relevant at all times. You need to be able to see the whole picture, see what the future holds, and be ready to grasp it when it uh, presents itself to you. 
Love it. Lead ahead. And I want to say, uh, what is that? Leading on the other side of the peak, huh? Yes. <laughs> and staying yes. relevant. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you both again. And um, Gia, any final questions from our listening audience? Yes, we have a question from Marsha, and she's from Sacramento, California. She says, how do I build skills to not wear my emotions on my sleeve? Oh, right, Marsha. Yeah. Uh, let's see, we'll, Dr. We'll, Clark, can we start something with that? Yeah. I think we both uh, will definitely uh, uh, have something to contribute to that. I, I, I just uh, always go back to the, f- the fact, you know, you hear a lot of people when, when they do something really bad to you, like a, a, a couple breaks up, uh, they would say, uh, it's, it's not you, it's me. Uh, it's that same kind of thing that we need to carry over into our job. It really is not about you. If you have something that causes you to be emotional, uh, to feel as if you're disrespected, uh, that you are uh, not all that you need to be, uh, I, uh, just practice that um, uh, that idea, that coping skills of understanding it's not you. Whatever is happening, it's not you. You need to be able to separate yourself from those things that are being cast in your direction. And when you do that, then you're able to look at yourself holistically and begin to understand where you actually could change behavior and change per- uh, perceptions from other people. Don't take it personal. It's not all about you. When we stop feeling it's not all about ourselves, then our emotions become quite secondary. And then you'll start thinking about things that are more productive for both you and the people that you are in a relationship with. All right. Thank you. You know, we used to say uh, Q-tip it. And Q-tip it mm-hmm. was quit taking it personal. <laughs> yeah, quit. Yeah. Well, exactly, Q-tip it. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, Mr., thank you so much, Dr. Carr. Mr. Tuck, anything you'd like to add? Uh, I, I want to, you know, put a star on what he just said because I totally agree with it. But, you know, and just some tough love back to, the, to, to folks who have trouble with that. Get over yourself. Yes. You have to understand that if you aspire to progress upward in your organization, you, you will become a fish in an aquarium, and people are looking at you at all sides. And if you get a, a reputation, deserve it or not, as being moody, mean, fly off the handle, fill in the blank, you're not going to get the coveted job that you're probably very well suited for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I'll add a little bit that to, to say that sometimes the emotions come from a space of conviction and conviction from values, something that we think is really important. So sometimes being able to detach and move from a values and people consideration space to more of an analytical space. So I'm, I can still stay compassionate, um, but I can, um, I can demonstrate detached compassion where I am um, able to ask myself analytical questions with regards to what are the pros and cons and if this piece of information is true, what might that mean? And in that analytical space, begin to organize and figure out. Um, so I, I really transition from values-based uh, emotion to more of an analytical space, which can help to uh, reduce that, that sense of conviction and put you more in an um, analytical, detached space, which can help 
to um, maintain your composure and deal with things a little bit um, without so much emotional um, energy. So just Great some, some thoughts. Yeah, so Great thank you so insight. much, Marsha. Thank you, Dr. White. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, very good. So, uh, again, Marsha, thank you also for, uh, for that question. I don't know if we're going to be able to squeeze one more in, but let's give it a try and see if uh, we have enough time. Great. So the last question we have is from Jamie and uh, from Kansas City, Missouri. How does leadership promote or encourage one person without making the rest of the team feel left out or unfavored? All right. Harold, do you want to hit us home on that one? Yeah, hey, welcome uh, from, the, from the Midwest. Hope it's not too cold. <laughs> here's, here's, the, here's the deal. As a leader, you're not talking to one person. You're talking to your team. Tell your team what you expect. And those attributes, those characteristics, and that work ethic is what's going to get you promoted. You got a team of 10 and only one doing it, that person gets the job. You told all 10 of them what it takes. It's up to them to do it. All right. So with that, from Harold to Harold. Harold, thank you so much for your question. And Harold, Mr. Tuck, thank you so much for your response. And to our listening audience, we appreciate your joining us. Dr. Carr and Gia, we don't want to forget to acknowledge and thank you as well. So we're going to ask our listening audience to just be with us every Wednesday and know that on um, the first Wednesdays of each month we'll be asking you to more actively join in to send in your questions and we'll get through as many of them as possible so you can send them in ahead of time or during the broadcast. So um, with that again we thank you and be with us every Wednesday on um, I want to say specific standard time at 2 p.m. for Leadership Matters. Informing Leaders inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.